What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew, and thank you for making me part of your week. In this upcoming episode, we are going to talk about the proposal for the new Buffalo Bills Stadium and my thoughts on the proposal. We are also going to talk about the sheer dominance of the UB Bulls football team in their season opener. All that in this episode, so stick around and let's have some fun. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Sports Talk Buffalo. Now, there is no secret that the NFL has been putting pressure on the Buffalo Bills organization to build a new stadium since the Pagulas bought the Buffalo Bills less than 10 years ago. Now, with the Bills lease set to expire in July of 2023, it is Uh, The Pagoulas believe there is no better time than right now to build that stadium. Now, of course, there has been a lot of talk in Buffalo over the years. Where should the Bills put it? Where uh, should it be an open-air stadium? How big should it be? Should it have a retractable roof? Should it be a complete dome? Well, here is what the Pagoulas are proposing. The proposal in the reports said it is a 60,000-seat open-air stadium with 60 suites at an eye-popping $1.4 billion price tag. Now the And it is set to be finished in 2027 per the proposal. Now, Reported, it is also reported that the uh, Pagula Sports Entertainment or PSE has initially envisioned a larger stadium worth $1.6 billion until the plan was eventually scaled back. Now, with this proposal, the uh, bills and the government are, are going to have to be in talks and discussions between PSE and government officials are due to start in late May. According to reports, the Buffalo Bills organization wants the New York State government to um, front about 50% of the, the total cost of the $1.4 billion. And yes, it is a ton of money when you think about 50% of $1.4 billion. However, to put it in a little bit of perspective for you, that is roughly about the amount that the, the New York State government gave to Solar City in order to build the gigawatt factory in South Buffalo, about $750 million. Now, talks have slowed down since Governor Cuomo has resigned. However, uh, Lieutenant Governor, who is now Governor Governor in Kathy Hochul, has also stated that she wants the Buffalo Bills to be in Western New York for a very long time, and that bodes well for Western New Yorkers and the Bills organization as Kathy Hochul is a native Western New Yorker and a Buffalo Bills fan. <clears throat> Again, my initial reaction to this is, you know, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed at the size of the stadium. I thought that the stadium should be anywhere in the neighborhood of a 65 to 68,000 seat stadium. It would be smaller. I knew that the stadium would most likely be smaller as over the years, uh, Highmark Stadium has gone from above 80,000 in seating capacity down to just under 72,000. 
The seating capacity, again, 60,000. I was very, very disappointed in, as it is almost a full 12,000 seats smaller than the stadium that they are playing in currently. And the 71,608-seat stadium at Highmark for the Buffalo Bills that they're playing in right now ranks them 10th in seating capacity. And if the proposal was accepted and they started building this new 60,000-seat stadium, the Buffalo Bills uh, stadium would go from ranking 10th in terms of seating capacity all the way down to dead last in the NFL, being a full 1,500 seats smaller than the next smallest field in Soldier Field in Chicago. And the also a big thing that you see in this is the suites at Highmark Stadium. There's 121 suites at Highmark Stadium, and that number will be cut completely in half down to about 60 suites in this new proposal. Uh, my thoughts are, again, I don't think, obviously, that this is going to be the final product, of course. I think there has to be a lot of back and forth, and I think that the uh, I think that the final figure will be in that neighborhood of about $1.4 to $1.5 billion. I do believe that the Buffalo Bills are going to probably get about half of what they need in order to cover that cost. And uh, I think that they will probably seat in the neighborhood of about sixty-five to 68000 right around the target number that I wanted the Bills Stadium to have. Now, people might say for $1.4 billion, um, PSC should get a lot more for their money. However, there has been a lot of inflation in the United States, especially this past year. And in 2021, $1.4 billion is just simply not going to get you as much as it did even in 2017 when the $1.5 billion 71,000-seat Mercedes-Benz Stadium opened down in Atlanta. Many people want a retractable roof. However, again, Due to the cost and inflation and things of that nature and the amount of money that the Pagoulas are going to be spending, I just don't think that it's going to be feasible in terms of cost that the Bills are going to be able to get this done with this new stadium. Now, for me, I give or take open air, domed. I, I didn't want a dome, retractable roof is preferable in my opinion. However, if they can't get it done because of dollar figures, would you rather have a team in Buffalo without a retractable roof or no team in Buffalo at all because they moved them somewhere else and they have, you know, a retractable roof down there because their, you know, their taxpayers fronted more of the bill in order to get that done. You know, you got to kind of pick and choose what you want as a fan Give me the stadium and my team in Western New York for as long as humanly possible. People also will complain that why aren't the Pagulas fronting all of the money because Terry Pagula is worth $5.7 billion. However, most of the people who complain and say, Ooh, he's worth $5.7 billion. Ooh, how come he doesn't have the money? Net worth does not mean liquid assets. Liquid assets is... Cash. It doesn't mean cash on hand. For an example, $5.7 billion, $2.27 billion of those dollars are the Buffalo Bills. 
So in order for Terry Pagula to get $2.27 billion of his money, he would have to sell the Buffalo Bills. Uh, $400 million of his net worth is the Buffalo Sabres. He would have to sell the Buffalo Sabres in order to get this money. So again, you would, he would have to sell the, the franchises in order for him to get the money to build the stadium for the team he has now sold. It, it would be fucking ridiculous, essentially. You got to understand that this is the type of thing that needs to happen if you want to be competitive. Buffalo and Western New York is a very small market, is one of the smallest markets in the NFL. The fact that we have two professional teams is outstanding, and we do not want to lose one of those teams simply because we couldn't come to some sort of agreement or there was some sort of outrage in terms of tax dollars being spent on the Buffalo Bills. We all know our tax dollars are spent on a bunch of dumb shit that we don't want or like. Anyway, why not spend this money on something that brings a vast majority of Western New Yorkers together in a very positive way and puts Western New York on the map here across the entire nation in the highlight, especially when we have a very, very good team, something we have not had in literal decades. That, for me, is an absolutely huge deal and something that needs to really be thought about by a lot of Western New Yorkers who are opposed to potentially using tax dollars to fund this new stadium. Overall, I don't like the size of the new stadium. As I said earlier, uh, at just 60,000 seats, it is just a, it is just way too small of a stadium for me. But... I like the location. They want to do it. They want to keep it in Orchard Park. And the reason why I like that uh, idea is because there's already infrastructure out there. They don't have to build anything up. They know that the roads in the surrounding area can handle 60-plus, 65-plus, 70,000-plus people in order to get them in and out of the stadium, parking, etc. Also, they have the indoor practice facility in Orchard Park already. They already have a brand new state-of-the-art workout facility in Orchard Park already. Uh, And the biggest plus for me for it being in Orchard Park and probably for many other people is the tailgating, is the atmosphere of being at a Bills game. It is like being, uh, they've likened it to college atmosphere, just tons of fandom, tons of, of, uh, um, tailgating and it's so much fun now tailgating a lot of people have uh believe that it has to be smashing tables and and drinking lots of alcohol but that does not necessarily have to be what tailgating is tailgating is you go there early in the morning and you make a whole day out of a bills game you have some drinks you barbecue, you have some food, you play some catch, you play some games, you have a good time, you interact with other Bills fans. There's usually other things to do there, other tents to do there, um, uh, have fun with at the Bills Stadium. It is fun for literally everybody, whether you want to be rough and rowdy and smash tables or bring your kid and play some catch in the parking lot and grill out and have a good time. There's something for everybody to do in that atmosphere, it is so much fun. And why would you want to take that away by moving it to a place like downtown where all of that would essentially be wiped away completely with the stroke of a pen? That is just my opinion. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. How do you feel about the proposal of the new Buffalo Bills Stadium? Do you like it? Do you hate it? 
Let me know. Again, remember to hit the thumbs up button. Uh, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you guys never miss a video. That's going to do it for this video, guys. Thank you. Have a fantastic week. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another video of Sports Talk Buffalo. The UB Bulls football team absolutely dominated in their season opener and their first game under brand new head coach, Maurice Moe Linguist. They opened this up. They opened up the season in a big, big way with a 69-7 to trouncing of their FCS opponent, the Wagner Seahawks. The Bulls heading into this season, many people thought, including myself, that they would be good. But again, this is an utter this was utter domination from start to finish. It was not close. It was never close. The closest they came in this game was the coin toss in which Wagner won, and that was the absolute end of it. From beginning to end, the Bulls absolutely dominated. Yes, I believed the Bulls would win this game. However, I just simply didn't think they would win in this much of a dominating fashion. To give you an example, in 2019, at the beginning of the season, they beat their FCS opponent, Robert Morris, 38-10, to 10, and that game wasn't even really that close. And in this game, UB put up 69 points. That is utterly insane. Yes, again, I know it's against a lesser opponent, but to put up 69 points against other guys who, yes, again, they are a lesser opponent, but they are still Division One, and they just absolutely blew the doors off of the Wagner Seahawks. Now, what impressed me, who and what impressed me in this game or who stood out to me personally? The first person that stood out to me, and I have given this this person a lot of criticism in this offseason when they said that he would be the starter and when a lot of people said that he is more than a game manager. At least in the first game, I know he didn't have a lot of passing attempts, but he showed me that he can be more than a game manager, and that is Kyle Van Trees. He looked every bit a starting college quarterback. He looked poised outside of the one bad throw that he had when he was rolling to his left. He threw an interception that was, thank goodness, called back early in the game. He looked in command, and again, like I stated, he looked more than he looked like he is more than a game manager. He went 15 of 19 for 231 yards and one touchdown. And he didn't throw the ball more simply because it wasn't needed in this game. They were so dominant in all facets of this game that for, for him, he really only played the first half of the game. And then it was the second and third string QBs for UB that took over and carried them the rest of the way. Again, Kyle Van Trees, he looked fantastic. He's going to have a big test next week against Nebraska. The second thing that 
impressed me in this game was the Bulls' run game domination. Again, we thought that they would be good, but we I don't think we thought they would be 312 yards good, especially because they lost their, their starting star running back who is now in the NFL and Jarrett Patterson for the Washington football team. They lost three starting offensive linemen, so it was completely retooled. They lost two to the transfer portal, one to the NFL. They had two guys, uh, or they lost, yeah, three three guys. They only had two starters from last season, and it's just a completely retooled offensive line, and they still got things done. They rushed again 312 yards on with seven different running backs who had a carry in this game. Ron Cook Jr. in the run game, to me, was the most impressive. Another low-rated, undersized running back who looked quick, looked like he had a lot of speed, looked like he had a lot of agility, and a lot of pop when he was running the rock. He had 14 carries, one more than the supposed starting running back in Kevin Marks. Who had and he had 94 yards and one touchdown. Overall, there were four running backs in this game that rushed for over 50 yards. That is how impressive UB's run game was in this game. The next and last thing that I was impressed by was the Bulls' defense looked very, very dominant, albeit against a luck a lesser opponent. As I stated earlier, yes, they only played against an FCS team. Um, but when you have a brand new coaching staff and when you have a brand new coaching staff who's coming in and you're learning a new system, a new style, uh, a completely new attitude, essentially, with only about a half of an offseason, you know, or lesser of an offseason as Lance Leipold left late in the offseason workouts, it was really impressive to see that they were still very fast, still very hungry, and still very dominant in pretty much all facets of this game. The Bulls allowed just 97 total yards to the Wagner Seahawks, just 18 rush yards and 79 pass yards. That is absolutely incredible to have a game like that uh, at at. With against any opponent, really, in the Division One level, um, one of the, two of the standouts for me were um, recruit from junior college in defensive tackle Deshaun Falsum. He is a three-star JUCO recruit. He had five tackles total and one sack, and he looked very dominant in this game. And also, of course, UB. UB's potential next draft pick on the defensive side in defensive end, Taylor Riggins. If he plays like he did in this game, he is going to be tough not to draft if he plays like this the rest of the season. Taylor Riggins had six total tackles and two sacks. He was in the backfield seemingly all game long. He was in on a couple of other sacks also that he did not get credit for, but he looked absolutely tremendous coming in off of an injury that kept him out of the entire 2020, the shortened 2020 season. Now, I have some potential X factors. Looking at this game, I I thought I should come up with some potential X factors for the rest of the season for the UB Bulls. 
and players that could have major impacts this season going forward. I picked one on offense and one on defense. The defensive act factor, of course, is going to be defensive end Taylor Riggins. Coming off of the injury, as I just stated, that that cost him the entire 2020 season, he looked absolutely dominant to begin the season with those six tackles and two sacks. Again, in the backfield all game long, he looked looked very, very good in all facets of the game. And his ability to not only get after the quarterback, but to penetrate and stop the run is going to play a huge factor for UB moving forward this season. The next X factor for the Buffalo Bulls is uh, Kewen Williams. I think I said his name wrong, but that's okay. The wide receiver coming into the offseason, UB had was very, very thin, had not a lot of experience at the wide receiver position, and they were going to be very young, again, and inexperienced. Williams is a rare in-conference transfer who came over from Eastern Michigan. He is 6 feet, 185 pounds, and wideout was easily the most playing time and experience on the Buffalo Bulls roster. And uh, he joined, when he joined UB, he had 76 catches, 983 yards, and eight touchdowns in two seasons with EMU. In his first game at UB, he did exactly what you want a number one receiver to do, and he was very, very strong throughout the game. He was Van Treese's favorite target. He had five receptions for 96 yards, and I believe, again, he will be UB's number one wide receiver moving forward. A fantastic get. So far, it looks like for Coach Mo and his staff, Uh, moving forward this season to get some experience at the wide receiver position, especially when it looks like UB is going to be a more balanced offense this season under Coach Mo. That's going to do it for this video, guys. Remember, leave your comments in the comment section. Let me know if you watched the game, what you thought of it, if there was any other standout players in this game for you. Remember to hit the like button. Hit the uh, subscribe and hit the notification bell so you guys never miss a video. Thank you guys for watching again. Have a fantastic week.